then also at the very tippity bottom of it is where the Krampus lives. That's that's true. So this episode <laughs> is about the Krampus. <laughs> We're talking about the Krampus. <laughs> I feel like half of, okay. <laughs> I feel like half of our podcast today is going to be recapping things cuz so, so much. much has happened in the Crittercast world yes. since episode 9. Okay, but before we get there. Yes. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Crittercast episode 10. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's going to be way too loud for the folks at home. I was really excited. I know it's true. Honestly, it's it's not that big of a deal. We are very excited because it is Crittercast episode 10. But, I mean, there's been so many exciting things that happened just since we recorded the last episode, yeah. partly because we recorded episode 9 yeah. before we post recorded episode 8. Mm-hmm. And exactly. so we and we posted and recorded episode 8 two weeks ago. So yeah. it's been a full two weeks since we sat down and recorded uh, for an episode of Crittercast, and Crazy. much has happened. Oh my gosh! Okay, okay how do we, we how do we even categorize this? I guess firstly, we talked about merchandise in our last couple episodes. We did, in fact, make some pilot merchandise items, aka I printed some stickers <laughs> on, on my printer and used all of my ink, but they came out so. So cool. Cute, so um, cool. and I, I think if we haven't posted pictures of those, we'll post some pictures of the how the stickers came out. We have two different versions of stickers. We have a square sticker that has our album art on it, mm-hmm. and then we have a circle sticker that has our title and our painting of Basil that our lovely friend and artist Zara painted for us. Um, art by Zara. Art by Zara on Instagram. On Instagram and Facebook. Yep. If you are looking for a beautiful piece of artwork that is, she does different kinds of paintings um, for your pet, mm-hmm. look her up, commission her. She will do an absolutely fabulous job. Yeah. And not only will you get the physical painting that she did, but she'll also send you a copy if you ask for it digitally so that you can have that as well too. Yeah, so we're absolutely planning on commissioning her to do some more yeah. um, work for us that we can turn into more merchandise. Yeah, for eventually we'd love for her to do uh, one of each of our critters here at home, part of our, our home critter cast family. But we'd also love for her to be able to do some of the critters that we talked about that we obviously don't own. Totally. You know, we do not own an owl, thank the Lord. We don't own a bat. Although I do have to point out that we, we have received our, our first pieces of fan art yeah in the in the realm of art things moving from merch art into (laughs) fan art we have received actually two two to three now pieces of fan art (laughs) from our self-declared super fan and former guest host erica and hopefully future guest host of course absolutely we loved having her we actually ate food while she was here which Mm. we never ever do when we're podcasting it was delicious it was great. We had cheese plates. It yes. was wonderful. We were very grown up. Oh, yeah. Super adult. <laughs> you know, since this is an adult podcast, right. we, we really adulted. <laughs> like, adulty adults. We adulted. How many times can core. you say adult without accidentally saying adulterer? Um, I've literally never made that mistake in my life. I feel like you could. Uh, Yeah, so uh, you guys have seen now both of, actually, the things that she sent in, because her first was, of course... Several different versions of tampon eyes. Right. Hashtag... I will not say it. Hashtag tampon eyes. I'm not going to say it. And y'all picked which one you like the best, so we're going to make that one into a decal 
that you can purchase. And stick on your laptop. Yep. Or your car, honestly. (laughs) For anybody to have. Window. (laughs) Right in the front. (laughs) Get a tattoo of it. It's great. Uh, And the second thing that Erica submitted was a beautifully rendered version of the, the Last Supper. Not intended to be offensive for anyone out there who, of course, um, with 11 lovely alpacas and a 12th llama Judas (laughs) hiding in there. The betrayer. Which, you know, you guys know if you listen to our alpaca episode, last episode, episode 9, then you know why why she spent her weekend making that (laughs) lovely digital rendering. And if you're really lost, maybe you should go back and listen to episode 9. Oh, you definitely But, like, go ahead and listen to episode 10 first, because you're already here. Right, yes. Don't don't go. Wait, wait, where are you going? Stop. (laughs) No, come back. You're driving. Put your eyes on the road. <laughs> In other CritterCast news, Cassie had a birthday. So birthday. that was so exciting. Okay, you guys. I'm going to read you the card. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> oh, heavens to Betsy. <laughs> this is the card that Karina gave me on my birthday. Oh, um, she saved it for this moment. I'm also going to post pictures of some of the presents she gave me, too, because... They're all very Critter-related. They're amazing. Crittercast has been, like, the brightest spot in our life for a little bit, you know? It's, it's so It's just been something, and, and it's something that we share together Yeah, that's new for this birthday Yeah, that we didn't have our last round of birthdays. Yeah. So great. it had to be Crittercast-related. And Karina proved what an amazing roommate she is because not only did she... Um, share my sense of humor in the card she also you guys she got me a mola mola oh my god i'm gonna i'm never gonna live this down i'm never gonna live down the fact that i caved and bought this stupid stuffed mola mola excuse me molly the mola mola is precious and darling yeah and from the place i'm sitting i have a perfect view of her and it's she's just glaring at she's me. She's so sweet. She's like, I know you hate us. And I'm like, yes, I do. She's precious, and I love her, and I will post a picture. I also was super excited because my parents and my darling aunt got me a vacuum cleaner. That is specifically to clean up animal messes. Which we need a lot. Oh, yeah. All of those I mean, it's shirts. also just like a great vacuum, but it's, it's meant to combat the mess that comes with having pets. We are not sponsored by Bissell, but... Thank you for making a great vacuum. We love you, Bissell. If you'd like to send us more products, please do. Our email is crittercastpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> we would be very happy to be sponsored by Bissell. Okay, are you ready for this amazing... Well, I know Karina's already heard it. But... I have, indeed. It took me a long time to come up with it. <laughs> all right, you. I would like you all to count count the number of um, terrible animal dad puns that are in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I know they're dad puns because my dad has made at least two of these. <laughs> Alright, it says Whale, hello there Cassie. For your birthday I decided to compose you a card with as many animal puns as I could muskrat up. <laughs> and yes, every misspelling was written on porpoise. Get ready for some fully certified pandemonium. That one's my favorite. I could tell because it's written in all caps. Oh, yeah. Pandemonium. (laughs) So it says, Llama tell you about this possum gal I know. Cassie is 
totally kick-ass friend. She has all of the qualifications of an excellent roommate, especially the ability to quack me up with her awkward jokes. They're so awkward. And they're so good. If you think I'm lying, you better believe it. Cassie tells the most riveting and utterly amusing stories. <laughs> that one was a doozy. This cracks me up. I, I should have said that. Storkies. I missed one. You missed an opportunity. <laughs> oh, are you tired of animal puns yet? Are they getting old? I bex to differ. <laughs> that one I stole straight off a meme. <laughs> so good. I know I'm a hypocrite since I'm usually anti-pun, but I couldn't give a flying fox about it. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Even if this card was a catastrophe, I want you to know that you're very dear to me. Aww. Okay, I'm done. I think I snailed it. Just call me the champion of puns. Hedgehogs love Karina. <laughs> I'm going to keep this forever. <laughs> we shall frame it. We shall go on a wall. People yes. must be required to read it before they're allowed entry. Yes. Exactly. I got you a present. A what? Yes. A present? Yes. But it's not my birthday. I know. Oh my gosh. I just thought you needed it. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Magical black cats guard this home. Oh my god, you guys. So, okay, though, I will say, this is a Halloween decoration, and we have had this discussion multiple times. It is too early to start Halloween. If it's after my birthday, it's Halloween. Your birthday is in August. That doesn't count. There's still over two months. But we should continue on with CritterCast news, because I'm trying to make editing Karina's job easier. In other words, you guys know, because we posted a live video, and then we posted a full vlog, but on Cassie's birthday, we went to the San Jose Reptile Expo. So for those of you who aren't following us on Instagram and Facebook yet, firstly, do follow (laughs) us, but secondly, we'll fill you in, because you didn't see it on our Facebook page or our Instagram. Um, We did bring home two new little members of the CritterCast family. We went for one. We came back with two. But, you know, if you guys had been there, you would think two was a miracle because we easily could have come home with, like, ten. If you'd have been there, if you'd have seen it, you know that you would have done the same. (laughs) You would have done the same. Pop, squish, squish, uh uh-uh, Cicero, flip shits. Yep. Yeah. Everything is a musical reference. Mm-hmm. But we brought home, so you guys know, we went looking for a gecko. We made that very clear. Yeah. We did come back with an awesome little gecko. We came back with a fully grown, well, the guy said he has a little bit more growing to do, but yeah. a mostly grown, a year and a half old gecko. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a crested gecko. Mm-hmm. We have called him Darwin. <laughs> it fits him. He's kind of motley colored, but he has a few freckles, which was that Dalmatian patterning that I so loved, but knew I wouldn't be able to afford yeah. like the really spotted Ooh. ones. Those yeah. are very expensive because they're not a very popular morph at this time, so they're really pricey. Um, but he was not super pricey. He was my most expensive pet to date, but he was not super pricey. Um, and then we also... Happened by this booth, this guy had two adult sand boas and a couple of their babies, and he just, like, 
honestly, we just walked up and he just handed one to Jake, yeah. to my brother, um, and was like, yeah, let me tell you about Kenyan sand boas and I like them and they're really cool and they're really easy to keep. And I knew that I wanted a Kenyan sand boa in yeah. the future. Like that was a, that was a goal of mine. Yeah. But I was already like, on your radar. It was already on my radar. I'd already like done a lot of research about them before I got Cornelius. Yes. Cause I was like, Oh, corn snake, right. sand boa, corn snake, sand boa. Those were my top two contenders because they're both very small snakes. Mm-hmm. And at the time I went through the corn snake because they're just recommended more as beginner snakes. Um, but now that I've found keeping a snake to be really easy, we went ahead and uh, took a look at the sand boas and then walked away. Yeah, we walked yeah. away. We definitely from did those walk away. sand boas, and we saw more and we kept walking because they were cute. I but mean, we like, held them. Yeah, and then we walked away. Yes, <laughs> and we got our our crested gecko, mm-hmm. and then I walked straight back to the sand boas, <laughs> and that guy had sold his. And I should have said, oh, too bad, too, oh well. No. Uh, but then I went to the other booth that had them, and then I went to the other booth that had them, <laughs> and then I went back to the other booth that had them, and then I got baby sand boa. Oh my gosh. Which, like, did I need a, a tiny baby snake? Absolutely not. Okay, but here's, here's the thing with the Kenyan sand boa. They're such easy animals to have. They're so easy. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're already set up to have reptiles. Right. Specifically snakes. Mm-hmm. Especially when you already had a lot of the materials that you needed mm-hmm. to create a nice... Yeah. So let me take a moment yeah. and tell, warn you guys against impulse buying animals. Please don't do it. Yeah. It's not good. Is There yeah. is a difference between going, seeing something cute and getting it and having no idea what you're doing or what you're getting into. And, and when you become a more experienced reptile keeper. This happens a lot in the reptile community yeah. where you weren't necessarily looking for that, but you have all the stuff you need and you were doing your research and you end up getting it. Is it still the best decision? Probably not. But is the animal going to come to any harm because I was unprepared? Absolutely not. So now we have a <laughs> Kenyan Sanfo whose name is Ichabod, by the way. Because? Because he's like adorably orange and black and it's Halloween time and he just needed a spooky name. His name is Ichabod. So cute. If you have not, if you haven't gone onto our Instagram and Facebook yet, do it right now. Seriously, pull over to the side of the road. Yeah. (laughs) Because why do we assume that everybody listens to this in the car? I know for a fact that my mom listens to this at her office. So drop what you're doing. (laughs) Go to Instagram or Facebook and look at our most recent pictures. They're so Of both Darwin and Ichabod. We are very happy to have them as part of the CritterCast crew and to eventually have them showing up on merchandise. Mm -hmm. Because they are freaking cute. And I think Ichabod specifically is going to make some cute merch. If you'd like a Halloween postcard featuring adorable photos of black cats, speckled dogs, black and white dogs, naked dogs, and all (laughs) kinds of reptiles, (laughs) please email us your address. We will not use it for anything shady. Or if you'd prefer, email us your email address and we'll send you a digital card. That's true. But if you want a physical copy, you're going to have to cough up your address. I mean, yeah. We're not going to spam you with anything because it would cost us money, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will get the one thing we have money for. It's one time. A single postage stamp. <laughs> um, but yeah, there. I think there's one more thing in the world of CritterCast that we're working on this week. <laughs> um, we're going to be putting out our Patreon this week. 
so exciting. That's our goal. Yeah. I have to finish my actual work Mm -hmm. tomorrow. You know, the work that I get paid for. I know. (laughs) But that's the whole point of setting up the Patreon is that we can get paid for this work too. (laughs) Or at least, you know, break even on it. I know. Uh, We're not going to get paid for, you know, (laughs) quite some time. Speaking of the reason that we think now is finally a good time. A, you know, we've got a solid 10 episodes out there. Yeah. Um, That's a great number to start with. And B, we had a, a very nice upswing of listeners and downloads this yes. week. Yes, hello to all of our new listeners. I know. I think we have at least like thirty new listeners. Brand new. It's yeah, like just absolutely week. brand it's new people. Amazing. And I like to think that some of you maybe aren't just our friends and family who have been slacking off this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's a that is very exciting for us. We think it's a good time to to debut our Patreon page and our merchandise. and We're also really excited because the Patreon's going to let us do some additional small content for you all that yeah. we're just really excited to be able to do. So we'll, yeah. we'll be able to offer little mini episodes, little mini videos and vlogs if you enjoyed yeah. the one that we did for the um, San Jose Yeah, Reptile here's show. the thing, guys. I know that Reptile Show vlog is long. It's a whole 14 minutes. I get it. But my background comes from video and video editing and <laughs> vlogs. And, like, that's an acceptable amount. That's actually the amount people strive for is between 10 and 15 minutes. <laughs> For now on YouTube. Once upon a time, it used to be keep your, you know, videos under three minutes. But it's not like that anymore. Um, And it's actually been, you know, fairly popular on YouTube. So, you know, a whole 30 people watched it. That's great. (laughs) I think it's more popular on Facebook. (laughs) But uh, but that's that's where my background is. So with the Patreon and being able to upload more stuff like that, for those of you that would like it, Mm -hmm. um, you get some cool stuff because... That's what I'm more comfortable in. Yeah, we're going to be able to actually show you some of the animals that we've been talking about, do some more vlogs when we go to cool places like aquariums, uh, sanctuaries, reptile shows. Raptor centers. Raptor centers, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So so we're really excited that that's something that will let us bring you more content and let us make sure that we're creating the best content that we can for you. Yeah. So thank you for, thank you, brand new listeners, and also thank you. People who've been in there since episode one. Oh, especially thank you. But thank all of you. Yes. All of you so much. You're amazing. We're very happy to have you. We love you. As I called it, it's been 24 minutes of podcast-related pre-chatter because there was just a lot of announcements, a lot of catching up to do. But it is episode 10 of CritterCast. Yeah. And it is finally time to announce the Critter of the Week, <laughs> which we probably, it's not really a secret, I'm not sure if we did, well actually we didn't reveal it no, in we episode didn't. 9. We said we were going to journey to a land we had not journeyed yet. I'm going to go to a land down under. But not that land no, down under. a different land down under. <laughs> Even further down yes. under. What is more down under than that land down under? Well, it's very cold. Yes. And it's very white. Well, yes, but also sometimes there are rocks and grass that break through uh-huh. in the not winter season. Yes. <laughs> uh, we are we are journeying, flying down, and taking a tugboat to Antarctica. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you could take a tugboat to Antarctica, but that's where we're going, okay? Ant. Arctica. It's yes. very hard to say. Antarctica. I always skip the C in I the middle. Too. Especially you know? when I'm typing, I always type it Antarctica. 
Antarctica. Yes. But it's not Antarctica. It's Antarctica. Right. What lives at the South Pole that we might be able to talk about? Oh, literally nothing. There's oh, that's right. Nothing down that's there. right. Nothing. It's just wasteland. Yeah. Except for maybe these cute little creatures that go, Noot, noot. Noot, noot. Or sometimes, ah. <laughs> Have you not seen the newt, newt? Anyway, oh, it's no, a penguin. He says, newt, newt. And that's what we're talking about today. Penguins! Uh, who doesn't love a good penguin? Probably nobody. Pinguino. They're so adorable. I know. They they're are... so interesting. Like, they're, they look furry and cuddly, but they're birds. Right. They're birds. Yes. And they're birds that live in the snow and that can yeah. swim and that can... They're just... Uh, and they have very amazing, cool. like, strong social bonds. I know, right? Their social structure is super complex. So interesting. Super paternal creatures. Ugh. It's so, they're so cool. It's lovely. And, and I, are, I really don't think there's anybody out there that's like, uh, penguins. Well, actually, there is. I'll tell you about it later. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I Most people person. would not say, uh, penguins. <laughs> Most people would say, oh. Penguins. I'm, I'm going to guess, if you're here listening to this episode of CritterCast, yeah. you're probably one of the ones who's at least like, ah, oh, penguins, yeah. Yeah. Cuckoo. Yeah. Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Coo. <laughs> <laughs> um, specifically, we're talking about the four true Antarctic species that live and breed on or very close to continental Antarctica. Yeah. Because there's a lot of species of, of penguins. Peng- all over the world. Right. Got to get those Australian penguins the in there. The Bahamian penguins. African penguins. Right. They are all over the world. They're not all your the snow-dwelling Antarctic. penguins. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> but, penguins. you know, because we haven't touched Antarctica yet yeah. in ten episodes... We're going to talk about those oh, penguins specifically. We are going there. Yes. We're there. We're there. We're literally there right now. We're in a building on the South Pole. It's very cold. It's so cold. It's very cold. <laughs> There's nobody here. It's oh, just us. Brr. Just us and the penguins. <laughs> that, that actually sounds kind of like a nightmare. <laughs> right? right? Uh, yeah. So we wanted to just talk about the ones that are actually true Antarctic penguins. Today. Yes. And we can talk about other ones on a later episode. Because uh-huh. they're they're all very interesting and they have they have interesting shared characteristics, but then they also have really cool defining characteristics. Too. Absolutely. So, do you um, do you know any of the uh, the four true Antarctic penguins? Emperor penguins. Bingo. Ah! Absolutely. Uh, emperor penguins are AKA the penguins you think of probably yeah. when you think penguins. Yeah. You probably think. Happy feet, and then you think Emperor mm-hmm. penguins. Yeah, they're the noble or March of March of the penguins. Yep. Penguins, those are absolutely definitely Emperor penguins. Yep, yep. Emperor penguins are a big one. There's also um, the other penguins from Happy Feet. Yes, <laughs> I don't know what they're called. A daily. Ah, uh, the Robin Williams penguins. That's the Adelie penguins. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They're great. <laughs> so the Adelie penguins, the Chenstrap penguins, and the Gentoo penguins are all. Um, a part of the pig ocelus genus. So uh, so that translates to the rump-legged. Um, yeah, so there's those three types of penguins that are on or very close to the Antarctic. Of four types? And then there's also oh. the emperor penguin, which is not a part of that same genus. Oh, okay, I know, gotcha. Isn't that interesting? So are all the other ones like the short little... Yeah. 
yeah, they're squat all penguins. And then you have around. emperor penguins who are like those tall, yep. gorgeous, the models of yes. the penguin world, one might say. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're going to start with the, the three from the genus Pegosilus and work our way up to the emperor penguin because we can't start with the emperor penguin. I mean, we could. No, we're okay. not going to. Okay, fine. Okay, so we're going to start with the Adelie penguin. Okay. So the Adelie penguins. These are the ones that are the Robin Williams penguins. Oh, with their little, mo- <laughs> their little side mohawks. Yep, yep. They're thought they're of rigid. as being, like, the really loud, really raucous. They're, like, your creepy, loud, obnoxious neighbor penguin. The frat boys they're of the, the penguin world. Yes, if Danny DeVito was a frat boy. Oh, God. <laughs> That's kind of terrifying. <laughs> I like Danny DeVito, but like... Oh, yeah, sure. I'm sure you would like these, too. It's just you wouldn't want to live Danny DeVito, to I love your work. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mean Girls. Oh, so good. Yes. Uh, so the Daily Penguins get up to about 28 or 30 inches tall. So they're not super tall, but they're not, you know, tiny, tiny. Either. No, they're not as small as you'd think. Mm-mm. But they only weigh about 11 pounds. <sighs> So, <laughs> so the Adelie are the second most southerly breeding penguin species. Um, and they're doing pretty good population-wise. There's about 2.5 million breeding pairs of the Adelie penguins. Mm. Yeah. You know, those frat boys, man, they get around. <laughs> so their conservation status is they're not threatened yet, but all penguins that are in the Antarctic are pretty close to being threatened if they're not yet threatened. Well, basically everything is either threatened right. or almost there because global warming That's is real. Exactly. That's not even a comedic moment. It's just yep. one of those things. So the Adelie penguins have become in recent years near threatened due to rising temperatures and the impacts of global climate change. It's also potentially um, due to the effects of uh, overfishing of the krill that they eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like every other animal species, we're fucking that shit up. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. So, also, there's some interesting in- information here. The daily penguins um, tend to stay in the same rookeries that they have lived in for generations and generations before. Hmm. So, the oldest known daily rookery is at least six. Thousand, hmm. six thousand years old. It dates back before four thousand BC, and they're still living in it. Because why bother making new yeah. homes? Yeah, if they're still good, right? They're like it's fine. They Whatever. probably did some remodel. They're They've got to have like an, a fixer upper, right? A penguin fixer upper. I mean, you know, you inherit. And you're like, okay, I like the bones, but let's put down some... Um, Actually, they're just, like, refinishing, sanding down and re-varnishing yeah. uh, the, the original hardwood floors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a couple of years ago, someone put in some really ugly linoleum, so they, <laughs> they got... They had to rip that, that up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Those 70s penguins, though. Yeah, and you know there was some shag carpet, too. Oh, God. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm, that's very cool. Isn't that cool? Because so many animals are known to migrate, and yeah. they lose their original right. homes or their original homelands, or they just rebuild. But yeah. they live in an area that, even though globally and climate-wise it's being ruined by humans, mm-hmm. it's not physically touched by humans. Right. So they don't have to worry so much about humans being like, okay, we're going to build a city here. They're like, it's too cold for you, so we got this place to ourselves. Yeah, we could. Yep. The, the most they have to put up with is, you know, some, like, random harbor seals and, or leopard yeah, seals and like polar bears. Predators. Yeah. Big and, old predators. And research scientists. Yeah, but, like, two million penguins. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> and a couple predators. They're going to be just and fine. And a couple of scientists. Oh, yeah. And those scientists aren't disturbing their centuries-old I mean, centuries they, they come homes. in and paint them. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, this needs a re a re-look. <laughs> Oh, okay, so that's the that's the first type we're going to talk about. Then we're going to talk about chinstrap penguins. Okay. So chinstrap penguins, they're the ones you've all seen in this picture that have, like, the little... It looks like they're wearing a cap, and, like, they have a little strap that comes underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have, like, a dark band of feathers that goes underneath their beak that looks like a strap holding a hat on. Oh. Yeah. No, I, I don't think I'd ever seen that picture really? before. Oh. Well, that's no. where they get their name from. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look like a hat. It just looks like a random chin strap that goes nowhere. <laughs> like You got you kind of have to look at the hat with loving imagination. <laughs> Weirdos. <laughs> and an understanding of how cold it is there. All right. <laughs> so, like the Adelie penguins, they get up to just around 27 inches. Uh, they're a little bit smaller than the daily penguins. They weigh about 10 pounds, just like the daily penguins. They're doing fine. <laughs> There's an estimated 5 million breeding pairs. Their conservation status right now is least concerned, although, of course, like the other penguins, there are threats um, due to climate change and then due to the impact of the, the fishing and harvesting on the krill that they eat as well. Um, so mostly their diet is krill, as well as fish and crustaceans if it's available to them. So they're, they're least concerned in conservation status now, but that could change. They're tipping a little close to near threatened. So an interesting thing about these guys, these chinstrap penguins. Like other penguins, they build nests out of rocks to lift their eggs off of the ground and keep them warmer. But the small stones that they like to build the, the nest out of are in really short supply in the penguin colonies. Oh, no. They're, yeah, they're super important. They're very high value. It's like they're gold pieces. Yeah. So there's regular squabbles over them. Oh, no. <laughs> Particularly as penguins are very experienced kleptomaniacs. <laughs> and they will happily take nesting material from any nest that is inadequately guarded. They're like, okay, peace! <laughs> so stones will go back and forth and migrate and circulate, and they'll be repeatedly stolen, claimed back, stolen again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so according to this really interesting website that I found that's called um, Cool Antarctic, uh, which is published by um, this person who worked as a scientist in the Antarctic stu- studying penguins, and observing and researching the colonies, uh, this author says that some species, including the chinstrap penguins, are prone to producing occasional very pale individuals known scientifically as... Albinos. Wait, what? (laughs) Leucistic. Oh! 
Oh, you guys! I should have gotten that. You should have gotten I that. I shouldn't have gotten. You love Lucy's. Lucistic pythons. Yeah. Ball pythons are my favorite. So there's Lucistic chinstrap penguins. And Interesting. I just have to show them to you really quickly. Yeah. Because they're adorable. Oh, they're so really, really cute. cute. Oh, they're blonde. They're so cute. And they are bluish eyes. I do love that. I know. What a great gene. The leucistic gene, yes. man. So next we're going to talk about Gentoo penguins. So Gentoo penguins are the last from this group of pegasolus. Pegas. I don't know why you even bother with the Latin names. You should just <laughs> the last you should of the just big ass Pegasolus penguins. Um, the Gentoo penguins uh, are a little bit bigger than either the Adelie or the chin strap. So they get to about 28 to 30 inches in height. Weight-wise, they're around 12 pounds. Distribution. They live mostly in the Falkland Islands and then south to sub-Antarctic Islands. They are the most northerly of the Antarctic species of penguins. They're a little bit um, smaller population-wise, mm -hmm. so there's only an estimated around 320,000 breeding pairs. That's pretty, that's a, a significantly, significantly smaller. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they, they are a near-threatened conservation status. Um, so they also stay in smaller colonies than the other types of penguins do, mm -hmm. uh, with the largest colony having just around 6,000 breeding pairs. Wow. <laughs> Which it still sounds like a lot. Right? When like, you think about, like... Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine how many of how many of our apartments you could fill with penguins, with that many penguins. I want that. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be in it. I just want to see a picture of it. Oh, yeah. Or a video of it. Adorable. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, there are... Sorry. Poppy, calm down. Okay, go see. Um, they're a little bit more calm and they're more laid back than either the Adelia or the Chinstrap penguins. So, yeah, they're chill. Emperor penguins. Emperor penguins! I have ice in my mouth for the spirit of the Antarctic, okay? It's 12.30, I'm trying to keep myself awake. Oh, so the emperor penguins, otherwise known as... The happy feet penguins. Yes. They're acting... Aptinidites. Oh. Aptinidite. You meant like fancy Latin names. <laughs> Aptinidite means flightless diver, and Forsteri is, uh, they're named after J.R. Forster, who was an 18th century naturalist who was the first person on record. I'm sure other people have before, but he was the first one who on record described what a penguin looked like. Yeah. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Naturalists were basically just the early scientists, not okay. practicing oh. actual recognized science, just observing and jotting down nature. Which also kind of is science. Right? It just was, it's a primitive form of science. I mean, also, isn't that kind of still what scientists do? They do it much more complicated. Hi, Dad. I and love you. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, you'd just be jotting down nature. <laughs> oh, my God. Drawing pictures in different ways of different nature -y things. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, they're big-ass penguins. Right. Yeah, they're way bigger than the pig-ass penguins. <laughs> mm. 
No, my God. Yes. Um, they get to between 3.5 to 4.5 feet tall. Okay. Yep. They weigh 60 to 90 pounds. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dense-boned little right. things. Yeah, they have to have dense bones because they dive deeper than most of the other sorts right. of penguins. Right, um, They live in the wild up to around 20 years, but there's some evidence of individuals living much longer, like up to 50 years. Those are the ancient ones that lead the tribe. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They reach sexual maturity at about four. They eat mainly fish, krill, and squid. And they live on the sea ice itself in continental Antarctica. Yeah. And they're the most southerly of the Antarctic penguins. And that's also why... um, Live in the deepest south. Yeah. And that's also why they're so threatened by global climate change. Because as the earth heats up... And as um, the ice is melting, they're literally losing ground. All right. So, yeah. So, that's why they're the most um, threatened by global climate change. It's because they live on the sea ice itself. And they rely on the krill that lives underneath the ice for their food. There was a, um, a study that was done by the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution in January 2009 that found that emperor penguins could be this is gonna be really sad okay brace yourself are you okay mm-hmm. right, are you ready no me neither and neither are the penguins oh no they could be pushed to the brink of extinction by the year 2100 that's the year i hope to live to same I mean, not really, because I don't actually want to be 105 years old, (laughs) but, like, I just want to be able to tell people I was alive in the 1900s. Yeah, right? Right? That'll sound, like, super Like, I've been alive for so many centuries. You'll be, like, one of the matriarchal, old, wise (laughs) penguins. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, so the study constructed... So I no longer want to live to that year if there are no penguins there. Well, no emperor penguins, which, you know, that's the true penguin, let's be real. So the, the study uh, was done by constructing a mathematical model that predicted how the loss of sea ice from climate warming would affect a big colony of the emperor penguins that were um, at the Terra Adeli, at Terra Adeli, which is a place in Antarctica. So the study forecasted an 87% decline in the country's colony's population right. from 3,000 breeding pairs in 2009 to 400 breeding pairs. Mm. In two thousand one hundred. Yeah, I mean, th- that means there'd still be some. They wouldn't be at extinction. Well, and hopefully, zoos and conservation efforts. Yeah. But also, hopefully, we don't get to that point. Like, hopefully, we're able to do right. some things to stem. Yeah. At least a that's just bit. like a worst case scenario. Yeah. If things just keep getting bad at the rate they've been getting right. bad, this is what's going to happen. Uh, okay, so leopard seals and killer whales are their main predators. The very first breeding colony was discovered in 1902 by Reginald Skelton. And new colonies were still being discovered as late as 2009. Now they use satellite imagery to find breeding emperor penguin colonies in remote regions. And they're able to survive the harshest parts of winter by... What do they do? They huddle together. Yeah! All in one pile. Yes. Just stick close for body heat. And what happens to the ones on the outside when they get too cold? They get shuffled to the inside. Yeah. They rotate. It's like a never-living circle. Exactly. They care about it's, each other. It's fabulous. They're wonderful and delightful. And you will be very happy to know that 
they are not one of those types of animals that has hugely divergent gestation periods. You just can't do that, okay? (laughs) Not when you live in the harsh climates they live in. They have small windows for which it is safe to to gestate and incubate and hatch an egg. So in May, Mm -hmm. females will lay a single egg after a 63-day gestation period. An exact number. (laughs) Beautiful. And her mate will incubate it for nine weeks Mm -hmm. while she goes to the sea to feed. And then her partner will not eat the entire time that she's gone. Well, because there's no food. Right. He can't leave the nest. No, it's got to stay. If he leaves the nest, that egg is dead. So it's just how it's got to go. Sometimes... The chick will hatch before the female returns, and if this happens, it'll be fed with a secretion of protein and fat produced by the male from its esophagus as a sort of penguin milk. He's like, I'm doing my best. Look, look, kid. Yeah. It's just you and me. It's just kind of vomit. It's like a little bit of vomit with internal, like the the internal lining of my esophagus. Yum. What? I'm literally barfing up my life for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much I love you. Yeah. Hardcore, man. Super hardcore, right? Uh, so the the mating pair locate each other when the females come back by calling repeatedly and they're able to recognize each other's voices. They have unique uh, voices and patterns that they speak in, which again, we know from Happy Feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not songs from the 90s, though. Contrary to what they would know. have you believe. I have not been to Antarctica. I do not know this from first... Yes, thank you, darling. Good job. From first-hand experience. Ember um, penguins have been known to walk as far as 280 kilometers to reach the sea. Damn. So, it's right? not a walk. It's a march. It is a march. It's God, a march I hate that movie. Of nope. Penguins. I hate that movie. Well, this all sounds like very risky business. And indeed, only around 20% of chicks actually survive their first year. There are some really solid reasons for emperor penguins to live on the ice and reproduce the way that they do. One reason is their size. They're so much bigger than other Antarctic penguins that if they were reproducing at the same time as mm-hmm. the other Antarctic penguins, there wouldn't there'd be so much more contest for the resources that were right. available. Right. So by um, by breeding in the colder weather and rearing chicks during the winter, emperor penguins are ensuring that there's likely to be a larger food supply and they don't have to share that supply with other penguin chicks. Right. Um, Poppy, calm down. Okay, so let me just say that there's scientific evidence of same-sex pairings in around 1,500 animal species, including dolphins, bonobos, and sheep. That same-sex pairs are particularly common in bird species and have been observed in birds from the giant albatross to the adorable tiny zebra finch. And perhaps the most famous of the same-sex romantic birdies are gay penguins, who seem to be very fairly common and are quite useful for the survival of the species because they help to care for the chicks without creating additional competition for resources. And many couples even adopt orphan or infected chicks. At the beginning of this podcast episode-ish, middle beginning, whenever we started talking about actual content, I mentioned that there may be some people out there that say, eh, penguins. Who would say that? It's my brother. (laughs) 
Which brother? Not the not the brother you've spent the most time with. Mm. It's my teenage brother. Of course, he has felt like that about penguins for most of his life. What? Why? Because we uh, we had memberships to the San Francisco Zoo for a long time growing up. It was one of our favorite pastimes was to go to the San yeah. Francisco Zoo. They have a, an area there called Penguin Island where they have South American penguins, okay. which are gorgeous, cute little creatures, and they're fun to stand around and watch. However, mm-hmm. they have an, the most incredible stench. Oh. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. It's terrible. Like, yeah. it smells so bad. I'm yeah. sure it's their excrement. I, I'm, like, I'm sure it's not just, like, their smell in right, general. Right. But it's really bad, and any time we'd walk anywhere near that area, my brother would start gagging immediately. Like, he just couldn't oh stand to be around the penguins. Oh, dear. He couldn't stand there and watch them. Oh, no. They just made him barf, and he couldn't oh, do it. No. So he hates penguins. Oh. Like, and it's not, you know, it's not like he hates them as a species, but, like, any time you mention penguins, He's just like, ugh, gross. Oh, that's so And he's sad. completely not into it. So that's oh something God. to keep in mind is that there's um, there's many reasons why they're behind glass at a lot of aquariums, partly to maintain the ecosystem and the temperature that they need sure. without interrupting your temperature, but also because they freaking stink, dude. They're not. Like, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, like, when you have a, a big old group of birds and they're all pooping on the same rock, does not Smell good. Okay, so can you imagine what those rookeries? Oh my god! Six thousand year old rookeries. They probably smell, smell like? disgusting. I'm sure that they but do. It's probably awful. Oh my god! So if you've been to Antarctica <laughs> and you've walked among <laughs> these ancient rookeries, email us and let us know how they smell. <laughs> is it is it is it okay? Do they keep it clean? I don't know. Maybe they keep it cleaner. Tell than, us. Than the penguins at the San Francisco Zoo. We need. Um, but we also had some listener stories submitted yes. this week from our lovely friend, listener, supporter, former co-host, Adriana, mm-hmm. who is not a representative of the aquarium. True that. She does not, like, this is not a Monterey Bay Aquarium official statement. However, she volunteered at the aquarium for a long time, mm-hmm. has worked there on and off, spent a lot of time there, mm-hmm. and just had some personal anecdotes to share with us about the penguins they keep at the aquarium, which are not Antarctic penguins. No. But they're still penguins and they're adorable. They're still cool. So anytime one of the penguins ha- celebrates a birthday, their hatch day, because you know they're not, it's not a live birth, they're hatched, um, they celebrate with a little walk before the, before the aquarium opens to guests and they get a little sardine ice cake, Aww. which I think is the cutest thing ever. Because so like there's lots of animals at the Monterey Bay Aquarium that like, you can't personify them the same way you can with some of their bigger creatures. Sure. So, you know, their squids and their albatrosses and their penguins get a little bit special, and special their, TLC. Their you know? mola No, their mola doesn't get that. <laughs> um, they also do a big official, every year they do a penguin walk. Um, and they do a couple a year that are, like, for the public at certain times where they will walk the penguins in a line through the aquarium. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to stay back and just watch them. But it's a very cute, very cute. But they do them, um, they do them like, more frequently before the aquarium opens to the public mm-hmm. and just letting them get out and get some enrichment, That's which I think so cool. is probably the cutest thing in the entire Seriously. world. Um, like I said, at the aquarium, they are housed behind glass, mm-hmm. uh, partly because it's a semi-aquatic as well. So, right. like, they've got water, and you can see them swimming around in the water, and then they also have their rocks, and you can see them up there. Uh-huh. And they're known to pick out, especially kids, uh-huh. but, like, people with bright clothing and just kind of, like, 
follow them through what? the water. Um, and when we visited the aquarium a couple months ago, I think my brother was wearing like a bright green or bright, bright blue shirt. Uh-huh. And one of the penguins was like just falling right on him because I think they really liked the color of his shirt. So he would move and it would like flutter around. Aww. Very, very cute. I think we have video that we can oh share God. with people. Yes. I'm pretty sure of that moment. Adorable. They are basically just like the cutest little creatures to have at an aquarium. And most aquariums have at least a couple of them because they are Amazing. very adorable. Yeah. So there's this, um, this funny bit of information that I came across while I was researching the penguins. And that's that, so the, the most popular, most famous pair of gay penguins, which were the ones from the, um, the Central Park Zoo, Roy and Silo, they were a pair of male chinstrap penguins. Mm-hmm. Um, and they famously adopted an egg and raised a daughter, Tango. <laughs> but then, <gasps> Silo left Roy, who was heartbroken, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. And he went with a lady penguin named Scrappy. What? That dick. Ridiculous. Asshole. All of a sudden, I don't love penguins as much okay, anymore. But, 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 but. Here, this will restore your love. <laughs> So their daughter, Tango, who would not have been able to live without her adoptive dads, right, Mm -hmm. fell in love with another female penguin at the Central Park Zoo, and they've been together ever since. So true love does exist, okay? True penguin love. (laughs) True penguin love. Seriously, though, if anybody at a zoo wants to start a live stream of the Real Housewives, Penguin Wives, Penguins, the Real House Penguins of the Central Park Zoo, please, please tell me, because I want to watch that show. Absolutely. hundred <laughs> so percent. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's all the time we have for penguin information today. Never enough. It's never enough time, but um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoyed learning all about penguins. Yeah. And and going into the Antarctic. Yes. We have a couple critters lined up. We've got some fun thing, some fun furry mammals that we'll be talking about at some point soon. We also had a special request to do an episode on sharks. <gasps> That's true. And I think that we should do the iconic hammerhead and just do oh. an episode on, mm. I'm not the hammerhead, I'm sorry, on the great oh. white. Oh. The Jaws shark. Okay, I mean, sure. I mean, I love hammerhead sharks, too. Yeah. But I feel like if we were going to yeah. pick a shark to delve into, yeah. we had to start right with the great Excellent. white. Excellent. I'm really excited to share with you all the information that I learned when I dissected a shark. Oh, boy. As always, we want to hear from you guys about anything and everything. Listener <laughs> stories, ideas for merch, things you want, animals you want to hear about literally anything you can reach us on facebook on instagram on twitter on email you can reach us in so many ways we have made ourselves very reachable on instagram we are crittercast podcast and we'll actually answer you also yeah just fyi if you follow us on instagram and we'll follow you back and we don't unfollow we do not unfollow because that's annoying that's shitty who wants to go through and be like, uh, unfollow, unfollow? Like, no, so we don't do that. Right. No. If you want followers, just follow us. We'll yeah, follow you back. We'll follow you No one follows. But yes, on Instagram, we are CritterCast Podcast. Yeah. On Facebook, we are CritterCast. On Twitter, we are at CritterCaster. No, at CastCritter. Oh, that's confusing. I know. Anyway. At just, Critter just search Twitter. CritterCast Twitter and yeah, it'll pop. look through a couple of them. You'll find us. It's the same logo, so you can recognize us anywhere. Yeah. We are on Spotify, on iTunes, on our website, CritterCastPodcast.com, and in many other places. 
You can reach us anywhere. We absolutely want to hear from you. We're watching you. <laughs> We're following you. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> like an owl with tampons. No. No. <laughs> I hate that owl. I hate it forever. But that's yeah. all the facts we have for today. So. Laying down the penguin flap. <laughs> you know, like flaps, but yeah, facts. I really tried to squeeze a pun in there. Facts. It wasn't happening. No, that it was not going to happen. You use up all of your animal puns. Newt, newt, motherfucker. Newt, newt. <laughs> <laughs> it's our new sign. Don't off. forget, if newt, you're commenting newt. specifically on this episode, to use the hashtag, hashtag, penguins love the booty. Oh my god. Penguins love the booty. Um, And if you're just wanting to tag us in general, hashtag critters love the booty is always one we'll look up. We will find you. Mm -hmm. That's not a threat. That's a promise. Oh. Oh, boy. So. That's it. We're signing off for today. Okay. Cool. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile.